point guard, rookie standout, now knockout champion and mentor. Grace Berger is here on the program. Always good to have her back. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDonald. I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. Over 170,000 of you showed up in December. Again, breaking records, showing up for us the way we show up for you six days a week. And of course, it is not just me, it is the incredible team over at the next, where we have over 100 reported pieces every single month on the past present and future of women's basketball. Go to the nexthoops.com and subscribe. It's $9 a month, $72 a year, and you get everything sent direct to your inbox. And we've covered Grace Berger quite a lot through the years when it comes to this program. Grace, you were first on here as a freshman in college. Uh, so we're always delighted to have you back as a multi-time guest. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about your work with the Indiana Fever. We're going to talk some Big Ten basketball, as well as a fascinating year in the conference that you came from. But the first place I want to start, I'm just going to read it uh, direct. Pacer Sports and Entertainment will host knockout tournaments across the state at high school boys and girls basketball games leading up to NBA All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis. Grace will be traveling to high school games in Evansville, Warsaw, and in Indianapolis to deliver prizes and all-star memorabilia to winners and participants in the coming week. So, Grace, just to start about knockout, take me through your history of the game. Your, my preliminary scouting report would be that you would be very good at this game between the perimeter shooting and your ability to rebound the basketball, but take me through it. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, it makes me a little nervous playing against high school kids because it seems like um, I have a lot to lose. Uh, they have nothing to lose. So it's a lot of pressure, um, more pressure than I'm used to. But, um, no, I mean, knockouts, obviously, the original game. I'm 24 years old. I've probably been playing for, like, 22 years. So ever since I could could walk, I've been playing knockout. So, um, you know, it's going to be fun to kind of go back to my childhood in a sense and uh, get out to the communities and get to play with some of these kids. I assume in the state of Indiana, it's like part of the curriculum, the core curriculum when you get to high school, it's like four years of English, three years of math and two years of knockout. Am I wrong about that? I mean, I would assume so. There's probably definitely an hour long basketball class in there um, for all ages, starting them young, for sure. I mean, you, you know, we joke about it, but for, for real, it, it's significant in a way that you and I have always talked about this idea that being part of a community, being part, first of all, that you're here year round, that you're getting this opportunity to be at home, getting the opportunity to be able to grow the roots of women's basketball. How significant is it in your mind that you are incorporated into, you know, in this case, an NBA event leading up to, you know, one of their jewel events with the All-Star Game? Um, I mean, I think it's awesome for me personally. Um, you know, obviously, I'm just a basketball junkie in general. I love basketball, all things basketball. Um, so the NBA is obviously kind of the, you know, 
one of the highest levels of that along with the WNBA. So anytime I can be around that um, and just watch, you know, those superstars, how they handle themselves um, up close and personal and then kind of get to learn from them by just watching them um, and just be around greatness. I think it's, you know, super fun for me. And then obviously um, I kind of have a history here in Indiana. Um, I love the community. They've been so great to me. So now to be uh, kind of on the side where I can give back and interact with them, get to meet them um, in places I might not have been before, um, you know, it's super special, super fun. Um, and I'm really, you know, just grateful for the opportunity. The difference between the exposure to women's basketball in 2024 and even five, 10 years ago. I mean, I mean, we just didn't see this type of routine opportunity. There were stars on the Indiana Fever. There always have been from Tamika Caxons on. However, these are not necessarily people that were around. Tamika played overseas during the off season. When you were coming up through school, was there anywhere close to the same sort of, uh, let's say, knowledge and understanding of the Indiana Fever just day to day? Um, well, I was kind of fortunate that I had a dad that um, saw that I was passionate about basketball. So he was really intentional about um, bringing me to women's basketball events. We went to college games um, and then we drove up for a couple of fever games every year. It was like two hours from um, Louisville, a little under two hours. So he made sure that, you know, I saw and was exposed to the women's game just as much as I was to the men's game. So um, to me, you know, it's always been great. It's always been something I've been aware of. Um, and I think as I've gotten older, I understand that that's not the case for everyone. And that's obviously, you know, disappointing for me. But um, I'm glad that now, you know, it's kind of uh, the women's game is is being equally exposed as, as the men's side. It's interesting to me, too. And, and again, to think about how it's personal for you, I go back to, quite frankly, just here at home. And my nine-year-old is a very passionate basketball fan and specifically women's basketball. And so when she had show and tell, she brought in, she had just gone to a WNBA playoff game and brought a towel to be able to tell people about the WNBA in part because she knew that her classmates weren't necessarily as aware of it. So is it meaningful for you? And do you have like specific moments where you feel like when you have these interactions in the community that you're able to do something that's really breaking new ground in terms of letting people know about the fever, about the WNBA, about women's basketball writ large? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the little girls that kind of, you know, are the most meaningful for me because it feels like not that long ago I was those little girls. So I think any time that you can take, you know, 30 seconds, a minute out of your day, just to interact with them, um, look, in, look them in the eye, ask them a few questions about themselves, um, take the time to take a picture with them. Um, that really makes a difference for them. That makes them, you know, turn on the WNBA games, turn on women's college basketball games, um, and really, you know, feel passionate that they can be in those those shoes one day as well. So um, I think it's really important for our role as WNBA players, obviously, um, you know, we have this huge platform to kind of give back to those young girls um, and get them excited about what their future can look like um, as female athletes in sport. I remember, I, I know we've talked about your dad taking you to Fever Games. Do you remember the moment where you said, this could be a pro career for me? This could be like what I want to do with my life? And how young was that? Um, I mean, obviously it was always the dream, but it kind of felt... Um, you know, far off for, for a long time. Um, so maybe, maybe draft night was when I realized that I could actually do it. You know, you never know you hear, you hear things. It's really hard. Um, 
you know, um, to make it in the WNBA, it's the best athletes in the world. And there's only 144 spots. So um, I tried not to get my hopes up. I just wanted to have a successful college career and see where it takes me. Um, but I always knew that that was, you know, the ultimate dream. Um, it just, you know, seemed kind of kind of like a dream, kind of like far off. So um, the fact that I'm living it is, you know, surreal every single day. Well, I take great pride in the fact that I identified this as your future back in the freshman year of college show that we did. did. But I, I am I am delighted to see it as a point of personal privilege. And just before we get into the fever and the growth that you guys showed in 2023 and what's ahead in 2024, just to kind of like from an emotional perspective, when you got that chance to play in front of your family, in front of friends, what was that moment like coming off the court? Yeah, it's incredible. Um, it's something that I never want to take for granted, just to be able to play in front of, um, particularly in my family, but also, like I said, um, you know, I've kind of, um, Indiana's my second home now. The community has given me so much. So now to see those same familiar faces in the crowd supporting me as a professional, um, you know, it's really, really special. And I think a unique situation that a lot of players don't get. They don't get to play, you know, right next to their family and friends that, you know, you kind of grew up knowing. So um, it's special. I mean, obviously just being in the WNBA, playing with the, the amazing players you're playing with, playing against superstars that you grew up watching um, is special enough. And then, you know, I just kind of um, got lucky enough to have my family and friends be able to be here as well. So kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, I'm really fortunate. So I never want to take that for granted. It, it, I doubt that you ever will. It's obviously a delightful story to see and it's more than just a happy story it's a basketball story too so we're going to get nerdy in segment two talk about the numbers talk about where your game is going where the fever are going and we're going to talk some big 10 as well which is a conference that uh, has a couple of players who might be headed to the league at some point as well we'll probably get into that too but first Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by Prize Picks. So, Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you can pick more or less than on the two to six player to stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. Now, there's something they do, which I really think is cool. It's called the Specials League. It's a combination across different sports or leagues. So you could have like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three-pointers made and receptions. You can also play along prize picks favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. Just go to the Community Plays tab under the Promos tab to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community. How do you do it? Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA, code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked On Women's Basketball is brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking the same question. 
What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? It's certainly something we think about over at the nine and the next and lockdown women's basketball and LinkedIn jobs helps us. It knows that our success depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team fast and free. It's, it's not just another job board. It's a network of more than a billion professionals making it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have many qualified candidates. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. And you can post that job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So we're back with Indiana Fever guard, Grace Berger. And Grace, I want to just identify a couple of numbers right away because there's been a consistent conversation and we even talked about it there was something that was on your mind of hitting your threes being comfortable taking the threes and being comfortable hitting the threes so i have to note just as a top line number that you shot 47.1 percent from three in your rookie year take me through just how you got to that point and what that work produced in terms of your level of comfort. Is there even a hesitation? It doesn't look like there was, especially towards the latter part of the season, for you to get that look and knock it down. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, first of all, I think it helps to have Melissa Smith and Aaliyah Boston on your team. And, um, you know, they kind of get double, triple team down there. Um, and then obviously, um, as a guard, you find yourself open a lot in the perimeter. So, um, you know, I think it's, something that I worked on throughout my college career early on. I probably wasn't a very good shooter, but the past couple of years, um, you know, when I was open and I had my feet set, I'm pretty confident I'm going to knock it down. I've just put in the work, got up thousands of shots. Um, I had great college coaches, obviously not great professional coaches that tweak a few things here and there. Um, but really, I think it's just about getting up a lot of reps so that in a game, you know, it's second nature to me. I'm confident um, and I expect it to be a make every time I shoot it. So, um, early on in my career, probably when I talked to you as a freshman, um, you know, I my, the confidence wasn't there. Uh, the work ethic was there, but the confidence was was kind of lacking. But, um, you know, now it's just a, a regular shot for me. I expect my mid-range shots to go in just as much as I expect my three-point shots to go in now. So, um, you know, just confidence from, from the work I've put in over the past six, seven, eight years. And, and you know, there's a few parts to that, right? One of them is that you are a three-level scorer now. That allows the fever to play you at the one, at the two, and at the three at different times. You know, Lynn Dunn has talked about not just your ability to run a team, but just your versatility that goes along with it. Did you find a more comfortable spot early on? Is there a position that you felt like, gee, this is the one where I feel the best, as opposed to this is a position where I really want to put in some of the work to get better? I definitely think being a point guard is the most difficult um, position in terms of guard positions in the WNBA, just because, you know, you're being pressured full court. Um, you have to call a play. You have to, you know, hear what coach wants and execute it, get people where they need to be. Um, so that's something, you know, I definitely want to work on. I enjoy having the ball in my hands. I always have. I had it in my hands, obviously, a lot in college, played point guard a lot in college. Um, but I think at the pro level, it's just the next step. So that's something that um, I worked on continuously, um, you know, last season. I'm going to continue to work on the offseason, continue to focus on going into next season. 
Um, and I think a big part of that for me is just off the court and on the court being more vocal. Obviously, I'm um, shy. I'm introverted. But I think, you know, I know what to say, especially going into my second year. I have a year under my belt, a year um, of playing under Coach Christie um, and playing with Aaliyah, playing with Nalesa, playing with Kelsey, knowing where they like the ball, knowing what they, you know, want to what want to get to, knowing what calls to make in certain situations. So um, that was definitely, I think, the biggest adjustment for me in terms of position-wise and something I'm going to continue to work on. But um, I feel like I've already, you know, taken steps in the right direction. Uh, I have to point out that obviously on the offensive side of the ball, you were north of 20% assist percentage as a rookie, which is a really strong number to start to. But you also mentioned Christie sides and Christie, of course, preaches defense and is a very defense intensive coach. And so you just look at the numbers you put up as a rookie. You go to synergy, your points per possession allowed were 0.687 in 198 possessions. So it's not some small sample size fluke. It's something you were able to do, which is defend at a high level as a rookie all year long. What allowed you to do that? Is it a question of length? Is it a question of, you know, again, obviously not happening in a vacuum. You're playing next to Kelsey. You've got Liz and you've got Aaliyah being able to rim protect as well. But what allowed you to kind of find that comfort zone as a defender so quickly? Um, I mean, I think, you know, if you ask myself and you ask my coaches, there's probably a lot of things I still need to get better at and we need to get better at defensively as a team. Um, and I think we're going to be so much better at it this year. Just, um, you know, understanding positioning, um, ball screen defense, working together on the defensive end, um, playing, you know, on a string together, all five guarding the ball, different stuff like that. I still need to work on. Um, but I'm always, you know, going to be competitive on the defensive end. I don't just, you know, no matter who I'm guarding, I don't want them to ever score on me. I take pride in that. Um, I think that comes from Coach Moore and IU and her, um, kind of, you know, philosophy on defense. If you can't play defense, you can't get in the game. Um, and so a little bit of that, I, you know, it's the same way with coach sides. If you can't play defense, you can't can't stay in the game. So um, I always like to take it as a challenge. I'm guarding the best players in the world. Um, so that's a lot of fun to try to keep people, you know, like Enrique from scoring the basketball. It's really hard to do, but it's a, it's a fun challenge that, you know, I enjoy as a competitor. So anytime I get to guard, you know, one of the best players in the world, I think I um, – you know, my competitive nature just comes out. I try to do the best I can, you know, remember the scouting report the best I can and just make it make it difficult for them. But, you know, I know I have a lot of work to do on that side of the ball as well. It is funny. And, and you talked about uh, Coach Moran and the way in which she emphasizes defense. And I don't know that that's talked about enough. There's obviously so much of a focus on the offensive side of the ball, but you guys were regularly top 50, top 40 in defensive points per possession. And I, I've been in coaches press conferences post game where you guys will win a game by 30. But if she didn't think you guys defended well enough, she will be mad about it after it's over. And so I, I asked all that as kind of a prologue to say that it seems as if uh, under her watch, players are pro ready. Is the emphasis on defense that she brings to the table part of what makes that the case? And do you feel like that was the case specifically for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, to be a pro, you have to be able to play defense. You're guarding the best athletes in the world, people that are really, really good at scoring the basketball. So uh, if you, you know, you can be the best scorer in the world, but if you can't defend, if you can't th keep them from scoring, then it doesn't really matter. So um, I think that's a big adjustment for a lot of rookies. 
um, just, you know, focusing on that end as much as they do the offensive end. Um, and so, you know, yeah, it was definitely great to have um, come from a program that emphasized it so much. So I already kind of had that line of thinking um, that defense, you know, is, is first and foremost um, when it comes to winning a basketball game. Is the flip side of this on the offensive end efficiency when it comes to limiting turnovers in year two? Is that kind of a focus for you? Do you have a set of numbers that you say when you look at what you did and say, all right, this is my next step here in year two? Yeah, I mean, I think as a um, point guard, I always look at assist to turnover percentage. That's the first stat I look at, um, you know, after every game, just how many assists I had, how many turnovers I had. So, um, yeah, obviously, you know, some of those turnovers, just me being a rookie, getting sped up, different things like that. So um, I'm expecting a lot less this year and then hopefully just continuing to um, increase my aggressiveness in the terms of not only scoring, but also um, creating more open looks for my teammates, creating more shots for my teammates, um, and hopefully, you know, increasing my assist numbers through that. I'm excited to talk more about the fever, and we'll get into a little more in segment three. But just before we go off of Indiana, the Indiana you came from, uh, Indiana University, we need to specify. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, Ali Patberg made the decision to play in Indiana for uh, 31 seasons until she turned 52 years old. And you yeah. know, obviously really impressed with that longevity. But I'm wondering for you, you know, clearly you made a decision that's worked out wonderfully. You have a great home, a great professional home, but it has to be challenging sometimes, right, to watch your old teammates and think about that Indiana team. You know, how have you gotten used to watching Indiana University as a spectator this year? Yeah, I'm a lot more nervous watching them. Um, it's 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 a lot more nerve wracking when you don't have control. But luckily, you know, they've been pretty good. They've won just about every game pretty, you know, pretty easily. So haven't been too nervous. Um, you know, they're um, they're all great. I think a lot of people have stepped up in my absence and kind of uh, made it a smooth transition um, without me. So, um you know, I just enjoy watching them. I'm obviously just like a proud older sister of all of them. So um, fun to watch, but definitely sometimes in those close games, I'm I'm sweating it out watching them, watching them play on TV for sure. And plenty, plenty more to come in that Big Ten. It's uh, you, you think Indiana is going to take it? I mean, there are a couple other teams that are playing pretty well in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, of course, I think Indiana is going to take it. My money's on the Hoosiers for sure. Understood. Well, we'll get back with uh, Indiana Fever, the year ahead, and potentially some other Big Ten players who might be joining as well right after this. But first, Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by Game Time. And look, Game Time makes buying tickets easy. I can't tell you how frustrating it was a few weeks ago. I'm trying to figure out how do I bring my younger daughter to see Maryland versus Iowa? I've been there. I've been there as media only. want to make sure she's able to see Caitlin Clark, Cheyenne Sellers up close. It was really hard. And I've been experiencing this for 20 years to figure out what the view is going to be from any seat. Just even looking at the normal ways of buying tickets directly from the University of Maryland. So what did I do? I went to Game Time. Game Time has this 
option that not only can you see what section you're sitting in, but you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And if a five foot one basketball fanatic is going to be able to see at all angles what she wants to see when she goes to the game with her dad. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and you can do the same thing. Even use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Be a good dad. So here with Grace Berger talking about in segment three, the 2024 Indiana fever. And we had somebody as a hot take last week on the podcast, Alex Simon, who joined Jackie Powell, talk about that his predicted hot take is not just that Indiana makes the playoffs next year, but that Indiana reaches the WNBA finals. And that does not seem outlandish to me. And I'll tell you why. And you tell me if you think I'm off base. There's this natural improvement from so many players going from year one to year two. And there is a number one overall pick who can come and further solidify the talent base that you have as well. Christy knows what she's doing at both sides of the ball. Lynn knows how to put together a team. I say all this by which I mean that Lynn has talked about the playoffs as the next goal do you feel like that would be enough? Or do you feel as if this is a team that's ready to make a massive leap forward? Like we saw from the Connecticut Sun, say, back in 2018, where they went from out of the playoffs into the second round of the playoffs and a top four seed. Yeah, I mean, I think just from um, kind of talking to the coaches after last season um, and throughout the season, talking to my teammates, the playoffs at this point is an expectation, not necessarily a goal. So we're not, you know, just aiming to make the playoffs. Um, that's kind of an, you know, we expect to make the playoffs at this point. Um, and I think, you know, we proved ourselves enough last year to have the confidence that we can do that. Um, you know, we had a lot of games that were really close in most of the games we were, you know, within 10 points and we just couldn't pull out for whatever reason. But I think this year, like you said, a year under our belts, um, players like Aaliyah, Nalissa, a year older, um, we're healthy going into the year, um, obviously the number one draft pick um, and what we get in free agency. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, we don't want to, I don't think, put limits on, on what we can do at this point. We have a lot of superstar talent, um, young, but, you know, now we're getting more experience. So um, we're excited about it. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, our goal is just to make it in the first round of playoffs because that's not true. We want to, you know, compete every single game we expect to win. So, um, yeah, sky's the limit for us, I think. We're, we're really Really looking forward to it. And then just the flip side of that number one pick. I, so I consulted the CBA and you cannot get fined for tampering. So that's a very good thing. Want to make sure of that ahead of time. But in terms of, you know, obviously so much of the discussion is around Caitlin Clark. And this is a person who you've played against. Lord knows we've watched Indiana, Iowa through the years. And you just think, oh my God, the idea of Caitlin and you on the same team, in the same backcourt, uh, is sort of mind-boggling to consider. Have you let your mind go there? Have you let your mind think about it in those terms? Have you maybe reached out to your old opponent to be able to say, you know, I'll oh, wait till you hear about this great new restaurant in Indianapolis just to try and <laughs> induce her? You know, I'm just curious how you approach that as, as a player and a former opponent. 
No, I mean, I've definitely, you know, thought about it. I obviously follow women's basketball, so it's kind of, um, you know, everywhere. Um, I think um, I always say she's a lot more more fun to play with than to play against. She's not very fun to play against um, and have to guard her, have to game plan against her um, and deal with, you know, her step back threes from from half court. So um, I would love, you know, obviously to be her teammate, love to get to play with her. Um, she's a, you know, a special talent. Obviously, anybody who watches watches her play can tell can tell that. So um, I'm excited about, um, you know, the potential of being her teammate. Um, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, then I am excited just to watch her be a pro because I think she's going to be obviously a really, really good pro and really good for our game for for a lot of years to come. So we'll see how it all kind of all shapes out over the next few months. But um, I'm just excited to see her as a pro. It is a loaded draft. No matter what, you know that Lyndon is going to do what it takes to get extra talent to this team. Fascinated to see it. Uh, Grace, before I let you go, you know, obviously you have 2024 goals. You also have Walnut, um, who I know you celebrated your one-year got, uh, gotcha day with Walnut uh, in, in the tail end of 2023. What are, what are Walnut's goals for 2024? Um, I think he just wants to have a lot more treats, a lot yeah. more, um, a lot more food. Um, he just can't get enough. He wants. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot more play time. He always, no matter how tired I am, I have to come home and, and be um, 100% energy to to throw and play fetch with him for for endless amount of time. So um, I'd say his biggest goal is probably just to get more treats, number one. Yeah, which is, it should be a goal for all of us here in 2024. Yeah. Here are lots of women's basketball. When I say we cover all things women's basketball, that certainly includes Walnut Burger as well. But Grace Burger, thank you for your time. Always appreciate you. Thank Excited you. to see what's coming up. And to our listeners, thank you, as always, for making us your first listen every day. We will be back to you tomorrow as we are six days a week. Until then, I am Howard McDowell wishing all of you a wonderful day. Welcome to Wallet. For the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.